Welcome to the Gathered Truths podcast. My name is Jen Yaki. Join me each week as we create this sacred container for discovery and healing, a place where you are invited to safely inquire, contemplate, and explore the paths of wellness, awareness, and truth. Together, we will listen, breathe, learn, and grow so that we can show up for ourselves, our families, and our communities. Welcome to Gathered Truths. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. This is episode six, and I'm super excited about today's podcast. I'm going to talk about one of my favorite things, books. I love books. I've got a lot of books. I love a lot of books that I have purchased and not read, and one of the things that I have done recently is um, picked out five or ten books and then when I get through those five or ten that I'm allowed I have permission to buy more books one of the books that I have read over and over again is the untethered soul by Michael Singer and it is a great book a book of self-discovery, internal inquiry, and really looking at the inner workings um, of our brain and how busy our minds are and noticing how busy uh, our minds are. One of my favorite quotes from that book is, the day you decide that you are more interested in being aware of your thoughts than you are in the thoughts themselves, that is the day you will find your way out. I have that in the yoga studio as well. And it just packs a big punch for me. It is, it just really resonates with me. My mind is super busy. Like it can be unruly. Is yours like that? Do you overanalyze things? Do you come up with different scenarios? Um, Do you come up with different ways that things will go in certain situations? I find that I do this when I'm really uncomfortable. If I have to go someplace and I don't know a whole lot of people, or maybe I know only a couple of people and the and of those couple of people one person I'm not that fond of and then I make up this whole big scenario of our interaction and then none of it ever happens and then I get home and I'm super exhausted please tell me I'm not the only one that does this I know that I'm not <laughs> but um over the years I got super curious about why my mind is like this. And maybe you are curious, maybe you're at a point where you have had enough of your busy analytical nonstop mind where it just will not turn off. So one of the things that I um, was told many years ago uh, in therapy was to use the word no 
and stop when my mind starts doing this. And this was like putting gasoline on a fire. I mean, it did the exact opposite. It caused so much anxiety. And and then I was thinking, I must be super weird because here is this trained professional um, that is telling me to do this thing and it's not working. And um, man, it, it, it took me for a ride. And when I was drinking, then I wouldn't sleep and then it would just get worse. So it was like, um, just more and more anxiety, um, all the time. And then when I got more anxious, then the mind got busier and busier. And so over the years I have, um, found different ways to help with that, that are a little bit more, um, healthy and things that I can do on a regular basis. So I wanted to share those with you today and they don't always work. So the order that I'm going to tell you or the things that I'm going to mention, if one doesn't work for me, then I'm on to the next. So I'm always building a toolbox of how I can quiet my mind. The first and foremost thing that I think is super important to know is that your mind is not meant to be quiet or without thought. That is, that is not how it goes. So the meditations, um, if you do them with me at the end of this podcast or, um, online in our meditation, five minute meditation, Facebook group, the goal of that is not to not have thought. The goal, if there is one other than coming to sit, is to not allow your thoughts to control you. You are in charge. And that was such incredible freedom for me was to realize, oh, well, this is normal for my brain to be busy, but I am in charge of how I respond to it, um, what I pay attention to, what weight I give the things that I'm thinking, um, um, all of those things, because many times I just make stuff up. Do you make stuff up? I mean, I make stuff up that just gets me all riled up and I have no evidence to support it. Or maybe it happened 30 years ago, one time like that. (laughs) I think it's going to happen like that now, but, um, Yeah, it's crazy. It's really, really crazy. So let me give you a few ideas of how to calm the mind. Number one, you have to be aware that your mind is going crazy, that you have a lot of thoughts. So you have to have this awareness of, wow, that is really busy. That is a lot of thought going on. Um, So paying attention, is that happening? And then what do the thoughts look like? Are they, are the things that are being bounced around negative? Are they yucky self-talk? Is it fantasy land, grandiosity? Is it uh, overanalyzation? Is it catastrophic thinking? So it's important to know what these things are. And then when you're aware of that, 
here are a few things that I do. One, I journal. So I will take a piece of paper and it is not pretty. I just bullet point whatever is going on um, so that I get it all out of my head. So it's no longer bouncing around in there. Or if it continues to bounce around, once I see it on paper, I can normally see how silly it actually is or find some evidence to the contrary. So that is the second thing is that when I put it on paper or when I verbalize what is going on in my brain, I find evidence to support or to the contrary. Most of the time it is to the contrary because most of the time the things that are bouncing around in my head are unkind when it gets to that point where I'm um, anxious and spinning. So things like my unworthiness, like, why are you doing this podcast? Nobody's going to listen to you. Nobody cares what you have to say. When my brain starts doing things like that, um, then I will write those things down. And then I will write contrary statements that are evidence-based based on notes that I've received, texts that I've received, the fact that I love doing podcasts, regardless of anybody listens. Um, and that usually calms things down quite, uh, quickly. Um, another tool is meditation and that will be normally if I'm, I try to get to myself meditation before I get to the point where I'm really spinning and I'm full of anxiety. And then when I have time to meditate, I use either silent meditation so I enjoy that sometimes. Sometimes if, I, if I'm really out of sorts, then I will go to Insight Timer or use my Calm app. Or I go to YouTube and I'll put this in the notes. I go to YouTube and I listen to binaural beats. And that really calms me down. And so I can listen to that while I'm working. I can listen to that while I'm driving. And it really settles me. It feels, it feels incredibly centering listening to that. So I will share that with you, what exactly I'm talking about. And I wish that I could tell you articulately, articulately, um, what exactly binaural beats is. But I will give you what I know. Binaural means that you are hearing it in both of your ears at different frequencies and depending upon the ambient noise, it does uh, a number of different things to your different brain waves to uh, calm you would be one thing to bring you more focus to allow for sleep. So there's just different frequencies that you can listen to, but the frequency that I listen to is for focus and calm, and it is incredibly helpful, incredibly. Um, something else that I do, I talk, I'll talk to my husband, I talk to a trusted friend, I go to therapy sometimes, um, I have a coach that I talk to, and she's the one, Coach Jenny, I will also put that in the notes, she is all, she is also the person that told me and encouraged me to find contrary evidence to my busy mind, especially when it's negative self-talk. She is an amazing coach and I am super grateful for her. 
The other thing is sometimes when my mind is very busy, it's because I haven't eaten or I haven't eaten foods that are better for me than others. So in a pinch, I'm eating things that aren't good with me, uh, good for me. And normally that involves sugar and that makes my brain very busy. Overwhelm makes my brain busy. So I get out my calendar and I write everything down on the calendar and get it all out so that I can see exactly what I'm dealing with. And again, normally when I do this, when I see it on paper, it is much less daunting than when it is bouncing around in my head. One other exercise that I do is Michael Singer in that book, Untethered Soul, talks about having your inner roommate and that if you took that voice, that inner roommate, out of your head and sat it next to you on the couch, how long would you allow that roommate to stay? And when I visually do that, take that voice and I put it right next to me on the couch, um, it's real quick like, hey, you can't stay here. <laughs> you are just not allowed. You are rude and you are not nice and you're not welcome here. Um, the other thing that sometimes happens when I uh, visually move that voice out of my head into the couch next to me, it sometimes is a little person like a little Jen. And then I kind of have this visual in my head of, oh, you need some reassurance right now. You're not feeling that great about all this. And it's really not that the voice is nasty and condemning, but more fear-based. And so I try to be a little bit more kind to myself in how I am speaking to myself, what I'm listening to. And lastly, I really have to take a look at my social media intake, my news intake, my interaction with people, like how busy has it become? Because sometimes it has become so busy and then in my downtime, whether it is 30 minutes or an hour, I'm listening to things, I'm reading things that are really just not good for my soul. And then I have busy thoughts again. So bottom line, self-awareness. That is really the bottom line in all of this is just being more aware of self, self-talk, what I'm eating, what I'm reading, what I'm watching, who I'm talking to, and is any or all of that contributing to the busy mind. So hopefully that is helpful to you. That if you are in that place where the mind is busy and it won't shut off and it's midnight and you know you have to get up at five o'clock in the morning, Maybe one of those things can help you. And I have a couple of more. The other one, which is um, breathing, is closing off your right nostril 
and breathing only through your left. That is very helpful. It slows the breath down, calms the central nervous system, and is very effective. The other thing is a mantra. And the mantra that I use is, everything is okay right now. In this moment, everything is okay. The other breathing technique that I do is inhale on a four count, pause for four, exhale for four, and pause for four. Now, disclaimer, if you are pregnant, if you have high or low blood pressure, you want to be mindful of the pause. So maybe you inhale for four and pause for one and exhale for four and pause for one. You have to kind of mess around with it and again, be aware so that you aren't making your anxiety worse. And then I was talking to my friend, Aaron, before I came on to the podcast or decided to record the podcast today. And she was talking about making a space at home for yoga and meditation and creating that sacred space for yourself, someplace for you to go. And I know that all of us don't have maybe an entire room or a wing in your home to do this, but it really doesn't take much. So I'll have to take a picture of this little recording studio. I am in a closet, but on my little desk here, I have a candle. I have um, a crystal and... Um, I have burned Palo Santo and that really grounds me. The scents ground me, um, the visual of it grounds me. Sometimes I place Lucas's picture in here because that just reminds me not to take myself uh, so seriously um, and really grounds me into who I am and what this is and what the important things are. And if I mess up or I say, um, too many times, Lucas still loves me. So creating that sacred space in your home, maybe it is, um, a little area you have a tray and you keep it in the kitchen. And maybe it's a tray that you can take with you into a corner of the house. That's not being used. Maybe you can roll out your yoga mat and put that tray next to you and and create that space that way um, where it's more mobile and not fixed. Maybe you set aside a time every morning for 10 minutes to meditate, to do a few yoga postures, to just set the tone for the day. So I know that for me, yoga and meditation has been an integral part to my healing, my own anxiety, and my brain busyness. It has been incredible. And that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. It just means that I have tools to deal with it. I have extra tools. 
So I obviously cannot do sun salutations in the middle of target, but I can use my yogic breathing. I can lean on the shopping cart and close my eyes and take a few deep breaths. There are things that I can do um, outside of my home to bring the anxiety level down. But I know that when I start my day with a meditation or with a few yoga postures, cat cow, sun salutations, just the intention of that, five minutes of that, it feeds my soul. I feel like I have taken care of me today and that whatever comes next, I can deal with. So I appreciate Aaron that suggestion of creating ritual and creating a home practice. What does that look like? Because some of us cannot get to the studio every day, but you know, we have a little space in our house, hopefully, even if it's in the kitchen to do a little breath work, to move around in a way that grounds us. And that could even be Shavasana, final resting pose, resting form or child's pose. Just those things where it is intentional, intentional centering, intentional grounding, that is helpful. So I thought we would finish off the podcast today with a meditation. So bringing yourself just to seated. And if you're not in a place where you can do that, then lean up against the counter. Your spine is upright. just so that you are alert. And just noticing your breath. Noticing where you notice it. Is it because you can feel your torso rise and fall? or your chest, or you feel the air moving in and out of your nose. And then just do a brief body scan, starting at the top of your head and moving down through the toes You can go the other way too, from the toes to the top of the head. And just noticing any sensations. Notice your body. And if you're not used to doing this, you might have to name the body parts. Like, I feel my toes. I feel my feet and my ankles and my calves. And you're not having to do anything. You're not having to analyze it. You're just noticing yourself. And your eyes can be open or closed. Meditation, you are not required to close your eyes.
So if it's possible, place your right hand on your heart center and your left hand on your forehead. And we're just going to spend a few cycles of breath paying attention to the thoughts. Not because you're going to analyze them or change them, but just to notice what they are. Notice if there are many or few. Notice if they are similar. And you're just watching them go by as if you are standing in Times Square and you're looking up at one of those big billboards and you're watching the thoughts go across that huge sign like a ticker tape. And as you are watching these thoughts, notice if there is any emotion attached to those. Notice where that emotion resides in your body. Maybe there isn't any emotion, but you notice some tightening in the belly or the chest or the jaw. And then placing your left hand on your heart center on top of your right, I want you to take a deep breath in through the nose and out through the nose. And I want you to repeat the following in your mind silently, unless of course you want to repeat it out loud. I am worthy. I am loved. And I am amazing. I am worthy. I am loved and I am amazing. If your eyes were closed, you can go ahead and 
blink them open and reacquainting yourself with the space that you are sitting in. And as always, perhaps you want to sit for a little bit longer, do some reflection, maybe write some things down. And maybe over the next week you practice some of the things that I suggested. Maybe one works for you better than another. It's just like any other type of medicine. What works for one person may not work for somebody else. But it's always good to at least give it a go. So until next time, may you be at peace, may you be at ease, and may you be free.